<laughs> oh, come on. That's adorable. Can you say that one more time, please? Want to go to the bathroom in peace? Not when you have a duck. <laughs> and the photo appears to be in a bathroom and the duck just standing there <laughs> like it's a toddler. <laughs> Wondering what's going on. Where'd you find this? On Facebook. Okay. This is a lot, of, a lot of gems on Facebook. Remember, guys, tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo. Who's ready for some hot cultural appropriation takes? Because that's all the internet's going to be tomorrow. Where? My favorite line from the last episode was when Sriracha said, when you get uncomfortable, we have to stop. But when I'm uncomfortable, we keep going. That's true. I, you called me out and I earned that one. That is true as fuck. I was about to stop the podcast. Yes, you were. You were oh, it was a joke. It was not it a was fucking not a joke. joke. You know what? No fucking way. No. no way, buddy. I'm owning it. And by owning it, doesn't that mean I don't have to change? I'm truly a hero. <laughs> All right, I'm all right. I am gonna call therapist on Monday. I'm doing it. Why? <laughs> because I get freaked out on the internet. Okay. I, I don't like it. What does this have upset. to do? Uh, you you look very photogenic and camera ready. Damn, I haven't showered in days. <laughs> oh my god. Welcome, everybody, to the loudest podcast, the loudest podcast on the internet. I'm, have you noticed that I'm not shouting that at the top anymore? You sound like you're shouting to me. Really? Yeah. That's what I'm going for. I'm saying to myself, this is what I've been doing lately. Oh, by the way, I'm Mysterios Coconos. This is my co-host, Sarancha. Hello. Uh, on the loudest podcast, we are two weird comedians, and we talk about super normie things like Survivor, The Big Bang Theory, Porgs. A funny Facebook comments. Oh boy, howdy! That episode of Survivor this week. <laughs> no, that episode was great. Okay, I'm so happy. So, this f- fuck off. What? Look, that could be a spoiler. <laughs> that could be a spoiler. Bleep that. Okay, we will get to Survivor, but here, this is my new thing. This is my new thing at work. Spoilers. Yo. What? Dude, that word is really triggering me. This. What the fuck is? Have you noticed this week for some reason everybody is real got, got a real stick up their ass about spoilers? I'm trying to just get my thing out just real quick. Get your thing out. Okay, I'm just trying, and then we could pivot right to spoilers. This is my new thing at my temp job. I'm trying to become literal wallpaper, and I'm trying to speak very quietly because my theory is that I am naturally so loud and. The kind word for it is gregarious, but the real word for it is obnoxious. That if I try to just disappear and shut up, I will naturally be kind of loud and hopefully interesting enough to hire as the full timer. What do you think of my theory? Uh, Yeah, that's a good idea. I think it's always better to be the quiet guy that might be jerking off at his desk than be the annoying guy that's in everybody's biz snatch. (laughs) I'm thinking the same thing. I don't want to be that temp that's like the, like the glad-handing temp who's just like, hey, great shirt today, boss. Hey, nice uh, nice tie today, chief. Like, uh, who watched Game of Thrones last night? No spoilers. Oh, man, you know, my friend is temping. My friend is temping at this law firm. Sorry, that voice got kind of gay. Please keep going. <laughs> it's okay. You didn't need to say anything. Like, you could, you could not be gay. I thought Gavin was gay for the longest time. Turns Wait. out he's not. He's just a feminine man. <laughs> Gavin might be by. We don't know. I don't know. He looks. He's from the south, and he's married. 
The thing I'm reacting to is I went, spoilers! I said, mm, Game of Thrones, spoilers! And I realized, like, well, Stereos, that was a typically 1970s flamboyant gay character you just did, and I'm sorry. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I mean- that's what I was referencing. What's his name would always do that? The guy who, uh, uh, Paul Lind. Like, can't, oh, the guy that sings Kids, which is the opening theme to the left. To the to Asterius kills a kid is the guy that made up that voice. Kids, I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. I think that's just a fifties old timey. Like, uh, man, if I could kill every one class of people, it would be people that think the Rat Pack is cool and want to go back to like those fucking boobers that share those memes. What who's that cowboy? That older cowboy, John Wayne. No, not John. Is it John Wayne, the one with the mustache? It's like, he's a boomer, and he's got a white mustache, and he's always like, something condescending, like, uh, back in my day, we didn't wipe, men didn't wipe after they shit. <laughs> and now the economy's in the toilet, coincident. I know what you're, t- I know who you're talking about. The guy from the, the, the guy from the Big Lebowski, well, the chat probably knows. The guy from the Big, the narrator from the Big Lebowski. I don't know who it is, but I wish there was some kind of feature, like, God, if I was God, I would make... Every time you clicked share on one of those unironic memes, a lightning bolt would come out of your computer and get, kill you or put you in a permanent coma. You don't have a watch for that now. You don't even need God's help. Yeah, but I, I would hack. I would hack all of their watch, uh, like their pacemakers and zap them to death. Oh, my God. Wow. I guess if you do have a pacemaker, you probably shouldn't use the Pavlock watch on sale on Amazon now. It's the only thing that gets me is Stereos Coconuts out of bed. Speaking of spoilers, though, because we were just talking about Survivor spoilers and Game of Thrones spoilers. Sriracha, you, you, got, you wanted to say something no, about spoilers? No, just like, what is the... Have you noticed this? Everybody is super up, up their ass about spoilers this week. I saw a Game of Thrones airs on Sunday, I think. And Monday morning, I wake up and there's like six tweets on my Twitter. It's like, you guys are really retweeting spoilers for Game of Thrones. And you don't even give a shit. Like, no, of course not. How, since when has live tweeting not been a thing? It's been a fucking decade and people have been tweeting about this. And the Game of Thrones thing pisses me off especially much because all of these fuckers that you sat there and jerked yourself off for years. Oh, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Everybody in my office is talking about Game of Thrones. And I totally can't relate because I don't watch it. And now, for some reason, now that uh, all you fucking nerds got up your shit and like, don't spoil the end game, which I get. Okay, it's a movie. It's a pain in the ass to go to the movie theater. You got to find time off work. You got to schedule it. You got to buy tickets. But don't sit up here on your self-righteous horse when you had a fucking decade to get caught up on Game of Thrones. Now is not the time. Go back to sitting there to, oh, no, I don't give a shit about Game of Thrones. Except now I do because you're having fun and you're tweeting that Area Stark kills the Night King and Spoiler! Now I give a shit. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! There are statues of limitations on this thing. Are you gonna get pissed off at me because they tell you at the end of Titanic the boat sinks? No, but I mean that's very different. Titanic did happen. There was no Area Stark, although uh, it does have similarities to the War of the Roses. Old things. Look, anyway, look, I completely agree with you. I don't give a shit. Turn off the internet. Literally log off. Yeah. How is this a problem? Shut your Twitter off. You need to assume as if you can't watch it Sunday night, stay off Twitter. Yeah, you would. Th- yeah, just stay off the internet. Literally yeah. just log off. Yeah, just stay. Yeah, guys, just get off of Twitter if it upsets you. 
Just stay up. Hey, I agree with that. <laughs> okay, look, let me, let, me, let me back up what you're saying. Um, it's in your pocket now. It's in your pocket now. Going to see, going to fucking Avengers Endgame on opening night is difficult. You got to get a midnight ticket. You got to spend $30. You got to get someone to watch the kids. You got to find a theater that has it that's not in 3D, that's screen close. You're, you don't get home until 4 in the morning because the movie's 3 hours and 20 minutes long. There's a half hour of trailers. Yeah, that's, that is your day seeing Avengers Endgame. You got Game of Thrones in your pocket. You got HBO Go. You got HBO Now. You got HBO. You got HBO 2. You got HBO Family. You got HBO Latino. You got so many. And also you have piracy. Straight up piracy. Yes. If you are complaining about Game of Thrones spoilers on Twitter the day after, even during, it's... It's a live event. No one goes like, hey, football game spoilers. Yes. Why do you think that this is going to be late? And why is it now? I think it's because you fucking stupid fucking endgame Avenger geek dork nerds have started this thing. And now everybody feels entitled to live in their own fucking bubble where they have unlimited amount of time to watch a piece of media and nobody can talk about it. Fuck you. Fuck you. You people are worse than those uh, fat activists who are like, I don't talk about when weight loss around me because it implies that you there's you there's something wrong fuck off you can do whatever you want in your own shitty little bubble but don't come in my bubble and tell me i'm not allowed to enjoy something in public because it might trigger you fuck you geek dork nerds (laughs) sriracha how dare you how dare you call me a geek dork nerd (sighs) i'm a dweeb that's those are our words geek dork nerd dweeb uh sorry for anyone that's not that's not watching the video stream i just put on an entire green yes lantern great costume. great visual joke for the <laughs> <laughs> okay let me take off the screen la- wow this thing is dusty yeah because oh boy <laughs> yeah you know the power battery would probably remove all the dust from this naturally in darkest day in dustiest night no dust bunnies will escape my sight mm-hmm. when allergies and dander uh, show their might uh, hey oa Get all of here and uh, remove some of this dust from my Green Lantern costume. Uh, I can't. Uh, uh, who made? Who's cleaning this house? Sinestro. It's. it's yeah. <laughs> what? I don't have anything to add because I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm just gonna clap. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted was validation. <sighs> I didn't get into comedy because I was confident in myself. I'm sure someone found that funny. <laughs> Yeah, me. The only person I'm ever doing comedy for. And you know, that's all that matters. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds like we're very aligned about this game of spoilers thing. Who do you think... Now, do you watch Game of Spoilers? I... I mean, Game of Thrones, sorry. No, I'm not. Okay, I don't watch Game of Thrones either. Who do you think will end up on the Iron Throne? I don't even know what the Iron Throne is. <laughs> you don't know what the Iron well, Throne the is? Well, the one on it right now is... Cersei. Seriously. Who looks like a Vulcan. Who looks like a hot lady Vulcan. Yeah, I don't know. know. Arya's been having a moment. She just see that sex scene. The only part of Game of Thrones I watch is the sex scene. They had the most tasteful sex scene I've ever seen. I I heard about the Arya sex scene. I have not got out of my way to see the Arya. It's great. You'll love it. It's consensual. Oh, okay. That's the bar for this show. Wow. And for me, personally. (laughs) That's fant- that's fucking fantastic. That's great. It's a good sex scene. It's a good like you said, they they you get a real good shot of her ass and you can kind of see some nip. 
Okay. But yeah, no, it's good. I liked it. Two I'm liking up. it. All Two right. thumbs up. Here, here are your options for who's going to be on the Iron Throne. Uh, Aria, obviously, she's real hot right now, but is she having her mid-game moment? Can she not finish the game strong? Yeah, she stabbed the Night King a million times with the goddamn throat. Is that going to matter when they go up against the forces of Cersei Lannister? Jon Snow, he's the Targaryen and has the rightful claim to the throne. Uh, the dragon lady, what's her name? Targaryen, whatever her name Something is. Something Targaryen, yeah. yes. Something Targaryen. I always liked her. Everybody hates her. But then I realized I only like her because she's pretty. She's very pretty. I like her a lot. She's very pretty. Two people don't watch Game of Thrones talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, but this is, this is why I'm doing it. Because this, this is all it is. We could do a whole episode about Game of Thrones. And we've never seen... You've only seen one... Have you pretty much only seen sex scenes from Game yes. of Thrones? Th- that's the only thing I watch is I look up the sex scenes. Okay. You want to tell... What are some other of your favorite sex scenes? Uh, there's a lot of rape. So none of them. This show has a lot of rape. I watched one episode of Game of Thrones and a lady was trapped in some sort of... Yeah, like a lady was like getting sexually assaulted in prison like permanently. And I was just like, oh, God. Yeah, no, it's not fun. I didn't say they were fun things. Yeah, exactly. I think that Howard Wallowitz will sit on the Iron Throne. Okay. He's been space. Howard Wallowitz has been space. Howard Wallowitz has a hot... <gasps> Howard Wallowitz has Lady Macbeth on his side, essentially. What did Lady Macbeth do? I don't remember. Is that the out damn spot one? Yes. Or is- <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. Macbeth was like, I don't know if I should kill the king. Oh, I'm nervous. And Lady Macbeth literally said, screw your courage to its sticking place. Lady Macbeth was like, would you fucking get in there and murder the king already? Man, how big, how shitty would that be if you, your wife convinced you to kill somebody and then she was sleepwalking, telling all your secrets? <laughs> That would fucking <laughs> suck. My God, I'd be like, Karen, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> one of the things, one of the... Did Lady Macbeth end up convincing her husband to kill that guy? Yeah, that guy totally kills the king. And then, like, there's a big storm at night or something. It happens between the first act and the second act. Regicide was considered... This is, like, what my English teacher told me in high school. Regicide was considered, like... A barbaric and blasphemous act. Because, like, your king was essentially your god. So, like, they would never show a king getting killed in one of these Shakespeare plays. Like, he's killed between the scenes. And then there's, like, a huge fucking thunderstorm and shit. Because it's like, yeah, God's pissed off. You killed the king. And then Shakespeare puts in, like, a fun laugh scene. Like, where these like there are these two assholes on top of the castle. The impish joker. <laughs> yes, the impish, prankish, puckish. I mean, literally puckish. Yeah, he has puck. a character named Puck. Midsummer Night Dream. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing I remember about Macbeth is... <laughs> wait, was that Macbeth? Yeah, that was Macbeth. And Lady Macbeth, she wakes up. Cause that's what the outdamn spot scene is. Yeah. She's, like, trying to wash blood yeah. off of her hands and like fuck you <laughs> you can't if you're gonna convince me to do this you have to keep that shit in your brain look i'm not i'm not here to stand for lady Macbeth. i'm not i'm not on hashtag team Macbeth. if anything i'm on hashtag team lady Macbeth is over party cancel lady Macbeth. yeah but yeah don't convince your husband to go kill the king and then complain that you can't get the blood off your hands your hands Hey, there's already blood inside your hands. That's how blood works. So if anything, you'd think you'd be happy that there was even more blood around. What if you needed extra blood? <laughs> Anybody think it's weird how, like, Romeo and Juliet, they were like, we're going to kill ourselves. And the priest was like, you sure? <laughs> that is, wait, 
Did the priest? I thought it was just the apothecary that gave him poison. No, it was, there's something like, Juliet and Romeo, they wanted to run away together, and the only person they told was a monk okay. or something. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm and wrong. the monk was like, Juliet, you have to be, pretend to be dead. And she did, and Romeo walks in and is like, she, yo, she got fucking owned. I better kill myself. So he does, and then she wakes up, and she's like, wow, he got fucking owned. I better kill myself. And the monk's like, oh, boy, what a, what a true and deep love. And you're like, what the fuck? You gonna stop this? Okay. Well, first off, I thought you were having the monk go, "Ooh, <laughs> hachi machi." Ooh, I really, <laughs> I really screwed the pooch on this one. <laughs> Did uh, somebody order a couple of dead kids? Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert for this three hundred year old book. A <laughs> uh, uh, check, please, table monk. <laughs> I will say the monk. Doesn't the monk literally go at the end like, never has there been a tale of so much woe as that of Juliet and Romeo? Yes, and there was so much stuff he could have done beyond just listlessly commenting on their dead bodies. I could also name ten other tales of woe. Macbeth! That's, a, that's There's some woe right there. Othello! That's Othello! Whoa! If you think about it, there's so much goddamn woe in there! Oh, these 13-year-olds killed themselves! Oh, I'm gonna lose my job! I'm not gonna be the town monk anymore! Oh my god! Okay, we were... Alright, You have we talked enough about spoiler crybabies? Yeah. Okay. Fuck them. Fuck okay. you. Alright, good, good, good. Fuck you. Get well, off Twitter. Well, wait, I mean, are you speaking... Don't don't just say it to everybody. Just say it just to spoiler crybabies. If you're, if you're one of these people that are, like, bitching about Game of uh, Television spoilers, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck I, yourself all the way to hell. Yeah, no, no, no. I totally agree. Okay. We will be right back after this. Last time we had to take a break of Sriracha had crippling diarrhea. This time I gotta go pee-pee in my panties. We will be right back with more of The Loudest Podcast. Sounds good. Welcome back, everybody, to the loudest podcast. Uh, Sriracha, this tea is hitting me. The tea is hitting you? I, my butt. Think about what's happening. Okay. This is a, an ongoing conversation Sriracha and I have. Like uh, When we record the loudest podcast, sometimes I drink too much caffeine. So this time, I'm just drinking a cup of PG Tips tea. PG Tips in the triangular bags. You ever see those? I have. They're cool as hell. They're good. I genuinely think that my body is just like, oh, thank God, a chemical. Drugs. <laughs> drugs. Sweet, sweet drugs. This, it's not fucking me up like coffee does, but I'm getting a nice even high off of this tea. Do you feel good? I feel good. I feel a little bit unbalanced. I don't know. I don't like how you hesitated there. <laughs> okay. Well, I also said I feel unbalanced. So even, so after the hesitation, I gave you even more cause for alarm. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe I just got to drink a... Uh, Maybe I'm, how much, am I a Diet Coke guy now? Is that what I got to do? Yes, you're a Diet Coke guy now. I I love going to the bar, by the way, and getting Diet Coke. I love going to the bar. Sriracha and I, you know, like, how long have I been sober now? Like a month or two? Month or two. Yeah, exactly. How often do I talk about it? Uh, Every minute of every Every day. Every second of every day, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, How much validation do I need for it? (laughs) All of it. Uh, But whose fault is it that I have to be sober in the first place? Three. What? Yours. Yeah, exactly. All right, good. As long as we're, as long as we're all on the same page. I love going to the bar and being like, I'll take a well whiskey and diet and a diet Coke, please. And then I look at them with this face where I'm like, I'm an alcoholic. 
Maybe you want to count me this Diet Coke for free? <laughs> I can't handle my alcohol. Baby can't handle his medicine anymore. Maybe you want to give me the free Diet Coke for the free baby, for the 37-year-old man, baby? And I get I get the free Diet Coke a lot because bartenders know what that means. They're like, you got problems. <laughs> All right. Your girlfriend's also clearly got problems and she's not ready to admit it yet. You're cool. No, no, no. I got these people now writing to me. And they're going like, do you think I'm an alcoholic? Yes. If you're asking yourself that question, the answer is yes. I don't want to be. I'm Here's what I'm trying to put out there. No, but I do think I'm an alcoholic. Like, I don't know. You seem to handle this stuff so much better than I do. Like. Uh, Debatable. <laughs> I think you. Well, I don't what It's just my opinion. I mean, I don't look. I'm not. A, I see you smoking pot and drinking, and you seem to be having like a cool, chill time. Like a cool, you're a cool, chill party girl. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, I can stop myself. I can, uh, I don't feel the compulsion to drink constantly mm-hmm. or smoke constantly. But once I get started, it's difficult for me to stop. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. It's just like one turns into nine. Exactly. Like I can. I, and maybe it's just because maybe I'm just getting too old for this drinking because like I'll have a drink and my rationale here and I know this sounds incredibly stupid, but this is actually what goes through my brain. It's like getting drunk is like a bell curve mm-hmm. for me and bell curve. The top of it is peak energy and on both ends are asleep. Sure. So if I have just one drink, I'll fall asleep. <laughs> if I have six drinks, I'll also fall asleep for a different reason. <laughs> Really? Yeah, but like that middle the middle zone of like two to three drinks, that's the good zone. That's the fun zone. But then I very might slip into like four or five. That's when I start saying stupid shit. I think you're cool. Hmm. Okay. That's when I start tweeting at people, fuck off, weeb. <laughs> that was great. I retweeted that right away. When you told that kid to fuck off, that was hysterical. Yeah, and it's still going. People are still tagging me in that conversation. Like, I'm sorry, kid, was drunk. <laughs> don't what, know what to tell you. <laughs> what are you arguing over? I don't um, remember this. I just saw you tweeted somebody, fuck off, weeb, and I was like, that's that's my co-host. So they're switching up the Sanic the Hedgehog theme because ever, ever nobody liked his horrific human teeth. And I wanted the horrific... Because I knew it was going to be a, a shit show no matter what they did. You, like, you could make the best-looking Sonic on the face of the planet. It's still going to be cringy because you're making a meme movie. It's yes. exactly like the Emoji movie. It doesn't matter how well you execute it. The premise is just God. It's going to be a meme. Well, and they are very clearly indulging. I mean, that's their whole marketing strategy. You don't make the tagline gotta go fast unless you are appealing to memesters. You make it like Sonic speeds into theaters November 7th. But what is, what are they trying to, I don't get, okay, I get trying to appeal to memesters. That's what, if that's what you're going for, then that's what you're going for. That's why they use Gangster's Paradise. Oh, glory to you but why would you then switch up the design do they think is their goal to have people stop making fun of it because there's no universe in which that's going to happen you can't build an andrew lloyd weber house in the middle of a swamp mar- like you have your foundation is bad and everything is going to go to shit it doesn't matter what you do <laughs> okay our audience is gonna or is gonna go you meant to say frank lloyd Wright. yes okay you said andrew lloyd weber who is that <laughs> andrew lloyd weber is the guy that made uh uh, uh, Phantom of the Opera and Starlight Express. 
like mm, to play the music of the night. Okay. Angela Weber's like our our bestest. He's the guy who who did Jesus Christ Superstar. So it's like building a house where it's like. Jesus, people, people don't like what the whole, I see. And then the chorus sings into the bars. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Judas God was coming to him. Okay, here's what I think the plan. Here's what I think they're doing. Tell me. Okay, first off, they released the poster like seven months ago. Yeah, it horrified everybody. <laughs> I think at that point they all went, "Okay, we we got to change the Sanic. We got to change our Sanic. We need normal looking Sanic now." Then I think, they, but what they did was then they made a trailer with the old shitty Sanic in it that they knew would intentionally horrify people. They put that trailer out in the world. Everybody freaked out and they made it as meme worthy as possible. Gotta go fast. Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. Gangster's Paradise is playing and he looks like a freak. Are you with me so far? Yes. Then, so then the next day, now you'll notice they, the next day, they came out and said, we're changing Sanic, turning a one-day media story into a two-day media story. Now, they get one full day of Sonic the Hedgehog movie coverage. Then the second day, they get a full day of we are listening to the fans coverage. <laughs> are they trying to build rapport with the Sonic the Hedgehog fans, though? Because are there any unironic... Here's my question. Sure. And I'm genuinely asking this because I don't know. Are there any unironic Sonic the Hedgehog fans? Yes. Yes, yes they are. There's not enough of them. But they're not targeting unironic... They're not targeting Christine Weston Chandler. They're also not, they're also not entirely targeting people who... I mean, targeting Christine Weston Chandler would be an exercise in futility, considering that she has no money. She just recently broke her 100-day no-begging-for-money streak. That's terrible. <laughs> I feel so bad for this girl. All right. Just to, to kind of wrap my original point before we talk about which quadrants they're targeting, I think, the re- I think that the reason that the, on the second day they said, we've heard you fans, we're listening. This is your movie, and we're going to put out a different Sanic. We're going to fix Sanic because you deserve a movie that you love, gamers. So now, like, um, and then the guy, like, tweeted hashtag gotta fix fast. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. They have a complete version of the, of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie with a completely fine Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> the reason they did this was so that the fans would feel like they were being listened to and feel ownership. What do you think of that theory before we move on? Oh, I believe you. I think that there's shit fuckery. I totally believe it. Tinfoil hat time. Do you remember the interview? That yes. movie? That uh, that awful James Franco. Shitty movie. Not yeah. a good movie. And you love James Franco. I love James Franco. But James Franco, I guess he's at the point in his career where he doesn't need to do good movies anymore. <laughs> like, you remember that Palo Alto movie he did? What? And then he like, uh, Palo Alto was a movie about James Franco who is a soccer coach and who fucks a teenage, a literal teenager. And then like the week before the movie came out, some DMs leaked of him trying to have sex with a literal teenager. Yeah. And it's, and I could totally see that being a, performance piece to make some kind of incoherent point uh we live in a society or something but tinfoil hat time before the interview came out sony claimed that they had been hacked by north korea or something and that north korea was threatening to 
they don't like this movie and they're threatening nuclear. Here's what I believe happened. I believe. And then North Korea was like, fuck, you no, we didn't do any of that. Here's what I think happened. I think that they did that because every time I tell people this theory, they're like, but they lost so much money on that movie because it went straight to Netflix because no theater wanted to show it. And be like the theater that gets shot up by North Korea, like sleeper North Korea's sleeper agents. I think that they did it, but I don't think that the intention was to get it pulled from theaters. I think that they just said that, and they were gonna be like, "Ah, oh, it's a point of national pride now. Fuck you, North Korea, America. We're gonna go see the interview in theaters." And they did not anticipate the theaters being like, "No, we're not showing this." Yeah, I one I one hundred percent agree with you. Um. Sony obviously did get hacked by somebody. Like, um, yeah, no, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. Suraj and I went out the other night, and we read the Paul Feig email that was released from the hacks, where Paul Feig is like, "Ghost aliens." It's like a. It's like listening, to, reading that shit, looking up. What's that guy say? Paul Feig. Yes. Look it up because it's like listening to a drug teenager who's also on ketamine talk about his movie script. It's freaking awesome. It's like they're aliens and they're also ghost aliens. Yes. He goes like, they're not just aliens, they're dot, 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 get this dot. Oh, by the way, we're talking about Paul Feig's email pitch to Amy Pascal, president of Sony Pictures, about what he'd want his Ghostbusters to be. Paul Feig had just gotten a lot of Oscar buzz off of uh, Bridesmaids. And so he he could kind of write his own ticket. He also directed The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, Paul Feig was, like, at the time, he, like, you could just, he could just email somebody and get a movie. So he writes, like, a six-paragraph pitch for Ghostbusters, and it's, and I, I'm that last line is he's like, should we, like, are we really so full of ourselves to think that Earth is the only planet that might have ghosts? That's right. The ghosts of various interstellar alien monsters come to Earth. Thanks to a Ted Kaczynski-style killer who makes the U.S. Army sing and dance in a Busby Berkeley number. Which I did, I did see, and it wasn't great, that Busby Berkeley number. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a... Disney Studios. That's why I imagine the process behind the Disney Studios where those, uh, who's that writer? Which one? Katzenberg. Was it Katzenberg? Uh, Katzenberg was an executive at Disney. I don't remember who wrote, somebody wrote Aladdin and they were like, can we make Treasure Planet? <laughs> and then Michael Eisner was like, make me one more billion dollar movie and we can let you do Indiana Jones in space. And then they made Hercules, which is like the safest it's got everything. Like they, somebody sat down and they were like, "Okay, what? What do we? Uh, I don't. I don't know. A big musical number, three act structure based on characters that people know and sassy female heroine." But, which is weird because I Hades is probably my favorite Disney villain She's of all great. times. But that movie is really uninspired. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Chicken Fingers are also uninspired, but they're still good. I like Hercules. Hercules was a big success, by the way, because it cost them a dime to make. I mean, yeah, and they also, they got their Indiana Jones in space in yeah. it. Bye. They got their treasure. Pl- yeah, that happens a lot in Hollywood where it's like, one for you, one for me. Like, um, like they wanted Zack Snyder to direct Superman. He just gotten a huge amount of, like, like buzz off of 300 and they were like, and he was like, I want to make Watchmen first. And they're like, we'll let you make Watchmen, but then you got to make Superman and Batman and Justice League and all this shit for us. And he was like, deal. And then turns out all the movies he made were bad, no matter what, <laughs> whether they were his dream project or his corporate project. Um, I 100% agree that Sony tried to turn seeing um, 
seeing the interview into a defiant political act. A point of national pride. I 100% agree. And it's the perfect formula. Americans love consuming. Yes. And they hate North Korea. So you add them both together. It makes a ton of sense. But I don't think they anticipated it going as far as it went. <laughs> Yeah, I think that I also think that Sony thought, like, <laughs> these theater owners don't really think that North Korea could get uh, terrorists over here to America, right? And then they were just like, Be- I honestly think that a lot of that decision was that the interview wasn't doing great in pre-sales and it wasn't getting booked in a lot of theaters anyway. So Sony was just like, fuck it, let's see if we can create some buzz. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. I think they way overestimated the greed of these small town theater owners. Well, because it would have it would have made more sense had the Dark Knight shooting not happened. Where like the opening night when the Dark Knight Returns comes out, a guy dressed up. I don't know if he was dressed like the Joker, but like, but he looks like the Joker. When the Joker killed a bunch of fucking. I mean, it was crazy. You know, so it's like, yeah, that's uh, swinging a miss, Sony. Swinging know? a miss. <laughs> All right, we are about forty minutes into our podcast. And we have done none of the topics we've been promising people for weeks. Uh, What's that? Why are you making that noise? I'm having a great time. Look, I'm having a great time, too. All right, let's get to a topic. Don't treat these topics like they're the vegetable, like they're your homework. These are great topics. You've come up with a lot of these topics. Tell me a topic, and right. I will run with it. I will tell you a topic right after this break. Welcome back to The Loudest Podcast. I was about to introduce one of the eight topics we haven't discussed, but then I realized, oh, I never told you who we are marketing to with Sonic the Hedgehog. Parents who played Sonic the Hedgehog as children, the video game, and now have kids, and their kid wants to, I don't know, if you're a parent, like I think you take your kid to the movie every week. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the last demographic of Sonic fans you're going to want to appeal to. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, Sonic means safe. It's got James Marston and Jim Carrey in it. It's like the trailer has a scene where like the government has to find this son. Th- that they put it's ET. It's, it's just ET again. And the Sonic team, from what I have seen, has a pretty good sense of humor and self awareness. Like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog had some kind of TV show. Very what was it called? Sonic, not Sonic Boom. Was it Sonic Boom? It was I think a- it was Sonic Boom or Sonic Rush? Or- I don't remember. The Sonic TV show, there is an episode where there is a CWC-esque XP character who kidnaps the Sonics and keeps them in their basement. Really? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. That's great. I did not know that. And I don't know if the people that are working on the Sonic TV show have anything to do with the movie, but that at least like says that the Sonic brand is not sacred to whoever's at the top. <laughs> That's... I mean, when you're making it, it's like when you make these cartoons, you make a hundred of them at once. So that's how, that's how weird shit gets slipped through in cartoons a lot. Like a lot of people will be like, how the fuck did this get into Animaniacs? How the fuck did this get into My Little Pony? Like, it's real simple. The executives can't catch everything. You got like, you, you make these cartoons a hundred at a time. So like, yeah, you can get your shit in there. But, um. What happened in the Christine Weston Chandler of the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon? It's a the Christine Weston Chandler character is an aardvark that wears a very similar shirt. To, we, we call it the classic. It's a striped Ralph Lauren shirt, and it, it was regrettably destroyed in the house, the Great House Fire, or not totally destroyed, but it's not wearable anymore. And the character runs into Sonic and says, "Like, well, I'm a big fan of you, Sonic," and for somehow lures Sonic. And Amy Rose and Sanic's friends into 
his basement. Great. And <laughs> traps them all there and is like, now we can be best friends forever. <laughs> Sanix have to escape. How do they escape? Do they pretend to be CWC's friend and then I, double cross her? I think so. I don't remember because I've only seen snippets of the episode, but the character is a boy because this was put Pre, out when. Pre transition. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. For pointing that out. You're welcome. Because I think you know that I am very concerned with dead nouning. I'm trying. I'm trying. And it's very difficult because a lot of the things you talk about with Chris Chan have happened when this person was a man. <laughs> Most of the good stuff happened pre-transition. So, guys, I'm trying. All right. <laughs> interesting. I think that's very interesting. That's very, very. Okay. All right. So that's who Sonic's so that's who Sonic is marketing to. Now, yeah, they're putting a bunch of memes and shit because they want to light Twitter on fire for a day. Like they want everybody to be talking about Sanic because Sanic doesn't come out for November. It's May. May, June, July, August, September, October. Seven months from now, the only thing people are gonna remember about today is there's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. They're not gonna remember his teeth. They're not gonna remember the <laughs> tagline, gotta go fast. They're not it's just it's just they're just trying to light up Twitter today. And then seven months from now, okay, Sonic. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll take my kid to that. Yeah, I fell asleep by watching Sonic. Popcorn was good. I like eating popcorn. Snuck in some whiskey. I'm, I'm not a great dad. I put a bunch of whiskey in my Diet Coke and uh, I jerked off in the bathroom. It's uh, the only way I feel anything. I'm still not a great dad. <laughs> still, still not a great dad. I, uh, I slipped the uh, 14-year-old ticket taker my uh, phone number. And I said, uh, hey, uh, if you got daddy issues, I got a whole... I'm I'm the cover boy for the magazine called Daddy Issues. I'm not I'm not good. I'm not good. I'm not a good dad. But uh, yeah, I say I'm not a good dad. So you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like if, you know, if I say I'm not a good dad, at least I own it. A lot of bad guys don't own it. My dad didn't own it. I had a bad dad, and I think I'm gonna have a bad son. I think my son's gonna be a bad dad. Sanic. <laughs> Sanic. <laughs> um. All right. The first topic that we have not discussed yet that we have to discuss is what are the bases. Wick, put in somebody hitting a home run and then put in that charge thing. What do you think of that for the sting? I like that. Okay, do you want to pitch an alternate? No. Okay. Well, it could be ace of base. Anal. <laughs> okay, what do you think anal is of the bases? Uh, not in. The, not in the running. That's a grand for me. That's a grand slam. That's home a grand run. slam. <laughs> that's a grand slam home run. Yeah, anal. Okay, I think the one. I think that first and second base. Okay, how about this? Can we agree that home plate is vaginal intercourse? Yes. Okay. I think second base is the most hotly contested. I completely agree. So what? wait. So we can agree that first base is kissing, or is that touching That's over the clothes? Kissing, but your tongue has to be in someone else's mouth at some point. So a good night peck on the peck on the mouth is not. No, that's not even. You didn't even get home. That's a swing and a miss. How, well, no, I mean, you can you connect it with the ball? How about that? You getting fouled out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So so if it's like a good night kiss that lasts maybe two or three seconds, but there's no open mouth action, fouled out. Okay, foul ball. Foul ball. Okay. First base is making out with tongue. Mm-hmm. Okay. You I'm, agree with that? Yes, honestly, I do. Okay, to me, to me, second base is penetration with not your penis. Oh my god! You think that's second base? Yes. What do you consider fingering someone to be? 
You go from making out straight to or- orifice penetrations? I think second base is over the clothes groping. And you or go straight dry from, hunting. You go or straight dry humping. Okay. No, pause, 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 sure, pause, sure, pause, sure. pause, pause, pause. Sure, sure. So sure. third, I think we could agree is mouth stuff, right? I think third is oral sex, yes. So you go straight from over the clothes feeling boobs to putting your mouth on someone's disgusting genitals. Typically, yes, that is the progression. No, it's not. You don't, I don't go straight, you don't, okay, you don't go straight from making out to, to, dig- by the way, I like to call it digital penetration. Digital and, penetration. And, I, and, and by that, I don't mean having sex with your Sanic. Having sex with Digibro. <laughs> that is certainly what I don't mean. That is you getting put in Yankees jail. Do you know what Yankees jail no. is? Okay, Yankees jail is, I'm not kidding. I had a friend had to, that had to go to Yankees jail. Uh, if you show up way too drunk at the park, or if you get way too drunk at the park, they put you in a small holding cell underneath Yankee Stadium called Yankees jail. But you do still get to watch the game. Do they have that at other, like, I thought at Dodgers Stadium, they just throw you out. No, they have a Dodgers jail. Because oh, they you have to put them, like, you have to put them somewhere so that the police can get them if it's a, if it's a Oh, problem. okay. I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. Um, you know, and also there's a Disney jail, famously. There I, is a Disney jail. I pitched a long time ago that he, I was talking to my buddy, Mike Pearl, who was a writer for Vice. It was me and Dak. We were all having lunch. Uh, Maddox was there. It was like in the good old days. Like we're all having lunch. And I pitched to Dax like, and to Mike Pearl from Vice Magazine. What if we rig up Dax with a hundred hidden cameras and microphones and we see if he can get the first ever picture of Disney Channel? Oh my God, that's awesome. They didn't like that idea. They, I guess his editor just didn't go for it, but Dax was like, I will absolutely do that. I mean, that sounds like a recipe to get sued, but. Yeah, but Vice has deep pockets. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Fonts of footage is out there. He can't retroactively take it away. Yeah, so that the- would have been a, man, that would have been, you could have made history. I know. I don't. Maybe, maybe I should do it. I mean, I should be the first person to get pictures taken in Disney Channel. I have a, I have a nice sized butt that I could probably fit a couple of cameras in. How would you wait? You, mm-hmm. I'm trying to workshop how you would have a camera that does video that no somebody couldn't see, like wearing a wire. Okay, that's whatever. But it has to be five G enabled. Would you need it in your hat or but, something? You could put it in a hat. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is that you you have a lot of them. You have one in your hat. You have one in a pen. You have one on your wrist on a cufflink. Like, like these micro cameras are not that expensive anymore. I honestly think that the place to hide a lot of them is the butt. <laughs> Up your ass or what? I, if you don't mind me saying, I have thought about this just a little bit. You have one inside. You have one between the cheeks. They're going to find that one. But you also have like a pen video recorder inserted into your anus. <laughs> Because I don't think they're going to find that. I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't, I cannot, I'm not creative enough to imagine a world in which you remove a pen camera from your anus without anyone noticing in Disney jail. I think that what you do is you poop your, you poop it into your pants. (laughs) Poop your pants. You poop it into your pants. And then you, and then you reach in your pants real quick, grab it, start taking recordings. And by the way. All of these cameras, again, have to be 5G enabled because obviously they're getting the chips. So we have to be able to beam these images to the cloud. What if Disney Jail is underground? Then I would prefer that they be SAT enabled. What is that? 
using satellite internet. Is there any way that there could be another person with a Wi-Fi hotspot near you that follows you around? Fuck, that's so smart. But then when they, but then when you get dragged away, what do they do? Do they follow you? They can only follow you to a certain point. What if I eat? A, what if I swallow a Wi-Fi transmitter? Holy shit! And it's got like thirty minutes of. It's like a ticking clock scenario. What if you put the Wi-Fi thing up your anus? I need my camera up there. I, there's only so well, much room. We I'm all already, sacrifices. I'm already willing to hide three things in the butt zone: a camera right in there, a camera between my underpants and my butt. There's one camera. A second camera in between the cheeks, like a camera sandwich. Third camera inside, inserted inside the anal cavity. What if you had an accomplice, and the accomplice was the security guard that day, and he had a Wi-Fi hotspot up his It's hard to flip these guys. If somebody could have flipped one of these guys, they would have flipped one of these guys. I think that, I think that, that guy would just get sued forever. And I think that it's also not very easy, because Disney knows that security personnel have a lot more leeway to be in areas of the park where standard guests like i know you have to go through a metal detector when you come to disney but i feel like there is a much more intensive pro like disney you cannot change a freaking light bulb at disney without getting approval from like six different people i think getting a camera i would not be surprised if disney guards got pat down oh before they tend to work one day me absolutely because why not like what do you have to lose? Yeah, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah. Damn it, the metal detector thing is tough because I don't know how I'm going to get all these cameras in now. They all have to be made of plastic with plastic I components. mean, people bringing cameras to Disney is not a weird thing at all. I don't think getting the camera in would be the issue. As long as... Okay, what if you got a camera, like a like one of those big shutter cameras, and you dug the guts out, and you put your camera equipment inside of the camera because people bringing camera you can't stop someone from bringing a camera to disney that's ludicrous everyone there has a camera i swear to god as you were saying that i had the exact same thought a camera filled with a dozen smaller cameras of different sizes correct i i had the same thought what if we find a guy with an eye patch who maybe tragically lost an eye what if we find a guy in a wheelchair that's that's exactly what Lex Luthor did in the Zack Snyder soup Justice League movie. He put a bomb in the wheelchair. Spoilers. Oh my god. Okay. Normally that's where I would end the episode of the last podcast. That was such a great turnaround, but People have asked us to try to make these a little longer, so we're getting a little longer this time. All right. We still haven't decided what second base is, by the way. Uh I don't think we'll ever agree. Well, Let's talk. You know I'm very easy to convince. I okay. So di- so you're saying digital penetration. I'm saying think, over the clothes. I think first base is making out, and that includes over what you're considering second base. Second See, base to me, I think. How about okay? How about this? Second base involves digital to genital contact, be it over or under the clothes. Okay, I agree with that. If I'm feeling up a girl's. Bonobos. Oh, by the way, have you uh, have you uh, heard of these new shoes, Bonobos? No, what? They're great. Are They're they great. monkeys? Isn't that a type of monkey? It's also a type of monkey. But um, okay. So <laughs> okay, if, first I'm monkey. <laughs> all right. If all right, if I'm grabbing a Bonobos, or if I'm if I'm giving her the old digi bro downstairs, Ew. second bit. 
Ew. You're the one that brought it up. That's true. You're not wrong. Okay, that's second base. Third base is oral. Fourth base is home run. Grand slam. Grand slam home run is anal. Butt stuff, yeah. Okay. Sounds so... Sounds so crude. I like saying butt stuff. It just I, makes I, it sound nicer. I also like saying butt stuff if you don't mind. I the, the word anal is because I think the word anal has just been ruined by being in the titles of so many pornographic films. Like yeah. anal adventurers, anal ar- <laughs> anal architect. That's funny. <laughs> I'm imagining like Indiana Jones in the middle of a cavern, multiple caverns. <laughs> Your anus, this anus belongs in a museum. <laughs> Ew. And he has hair. He has hair. Toss me the butt plug. I'll toss you the, I'll toss you the vibrating egg. Yeah, what if... <laughs> Adios, It was, a, it was attached Jones. to a rope. Like you attached a dildo to a rope, and then you... Idea jokes like, quick, and then you threw it over. <laughs> it was like flapping through the air. I like the idea of the rope coming out of the asshole and then him swinging out of some asshole just as a giant boulder of poop. This sounds incredibly, this sounds incredibly sexually arousing. I <laughs> a can't giant be- boulder of poop. Someone's turned down by this. It's the rule. It's what is that rule thirty five? If it's out there, someone likes it. Hey, you guys remember Jericho Mandibir? <laughs> All right, next topic. Yes, I do remember Jericho Mandibir. Yeah, you remember my ongoing feud with Jericho Mandibir? Well, uh, I believe it was Archangel of Life sent me this. And if it wasn't, I'm sorry, Archangel of Life and whoever it was that actually sent it to me. This is Jericho Mandibir's Neo Tarot Guide. And it comes with a set of tarot cards, a book on how to use it, a book that, and I have investigated there is no way to remove from this giant cardboard case so fucking nailed it jerica product design 100 out of 100 yeah so you got i gotta just drag this bible sized thing around with me not gonna lie i do want to read my tarot guns no i'm i'm way into this um before you, before we go into this specific new Jericho Mandibur artifact, and by the way, those who might not remember, like we had an early episode, Sriracha listened to the Jericho Mandibur podcast. Jericho Mandibur is a Australian C- crazy person guru, like a one of those health gurus, but like health in quotes, and then in other quotes, and then in brackets. She seems like the type of person that would shove a crystal up her vagina. <laughs> yes, she seems like she. It's like if Goop magazine got hit by that weird science uh, lightning bolt, as opposed to that porno mag. Jericho Mandibir would come out. It's true. She's like a less rich Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, it would be unsafe, unsafe science, 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 unsafe science, 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 science. Oh man, the new scam is. Have you seen those crystal water bottles? Wait, before, can I say one more thing about before we go on to the crystal water bottles? Yeah, go ahead. I put crystals up my ass. Why don't people understand? They can't poo-poo. Weird, weird. Unsafe, unsafe, unsafe. Science, science, science. Do you do you know what I'm doing? Nope. That's okay. It's, again, most of my comedy is just for me. Okay, what's with these crystal water bottles? <laughs> Why? They're selling water bottles now. And they have a giant crystal inside of them. And I guess the theory is that if you fill the water bottle with water, unless the crystal touch it, the crystal infuses it with rock juice (laughs) or something. How big is this crystal? Is it the size of a Chaos Emerald? It's like this big. Okay, so you can't accidentally swallow the crystal. No, it's it's impossible to accidentally swallow the crystal. It's like a big golf ball. Wait, so if I just put... 
Is all I need the crystal? Like, if I just put tap water in there, am I good? I have a feeling that they're glass, those crystals are. And there's no way to tell unless you're going to break open the bottle. I feel like it's definitely not safe to put a giant amethyst crystal in. So I feel like somewhere there's a company in there, like, disclaimer. It says, these crystals are not, this is not actually rose quartz. This is colored glass. We can't tell that to people because then they get upset. I think that's true. So why don't you tell me why these things are selling for $65 a pop? Jericho's selling them? No, not Jericho, but other crazy people on the internet who like crystals and want to put them into their orifices. God damn, this is great. What a great world we live in. It's such a good racket. They're all And they're all using these referral-coded, gimmick-linked things. So they don't even need to know whether or not this crystal works. It's just like... They all share these links to crystals, and they're all making money off it. Yeah. I mean, work is... Well, what, what do you want it to do? Well, when I say work, I mean they all make money. I don't mean it functions. No, 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 no. I know what you're saying, but I'm talking to the people that are buying these now. What do you think is going on here? Because like, I like that. I think they're pretty. And I think if you mm. just sat there and you were like, I want a pretty water bottle. Cool. But I don't think it's $65 pretty. Here's what I think is happening. There are now people who are so rich, and this is and this isn't like I've read this a long time ago. This is just kind of um something we know in marketing. This isn't like one of my crackpot theories, although everything I say sounds like a crackpot theory. Yeah, but, but um, there are people who are so wealthy that they run out of things to buy. One of the only pleasures a truly wealthy person gets because they don't get pleasure from the satisfaction of a job well done. They don't get pleasure from sexual conquest because they always feel like this person's always dating me for my money. You know, like one of the only pleasures that a truly, truly super rich person gets is through consumerism. When they buy something, they feel good for a minute. It feels good to click on the buy button. Then they get the anticipation. Oh, when's my thing going to get here? It arrives. They open it. They pull it out. They put it on Instagram. That's another dopamine hit. They use it for a while. So it's like these crystal bottles are for people that are out of things to buy. They think to themselves, $65 doesn't matter anyway. I'll, I'm drinking water anyway. Eh, what if this crystal helps? If it doesn't, who cares? It's a very pretty bottle to look nice on the gram. That's what's happening. Yeah. Hey, do you agree or disagree? No, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%, but it's like, that's sad. And I'm trying to think of what could solve this. Everybody has a reason to be sad. Like, <laughs> The truly rich, the truly poor. Like, I remember like a long time ago. Oh, I'm sorry. What, no, did you want to say something? No, no, no. I'm listening to Oh, you. I was just soapboxing for a second. I'm sorry. I was getting all pontificating. Oh, I was going to get pontificating. I think that one thing that makes everybody really, really sad is when you don't produce anything. Yeah. Like just consuming, I think, is a one-way trip to... And I'm not even saying produce art or something no, I good. D- I don't think you were saying that. It's like, I get a shitload of pleasure <laughs> out of my day job. Like... You know, I don't think I'm making anything that's going to change the world. It's just fun to go somewhere and be accomplishing a thing and get paid for it. Yeah. It just feels good. Like, a lot of people, a lot of people are like, eh, Stereos, he had to go back to a day job. He couldn't make it, like, on the internet. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have a job for about a year, and I wasn't making more stuff, and I just felt sad a lot. Like, I felt sad hanging out at the apartment, like, waking up at 2 you know, and like I would know all day, well, edit the thing, edit the thing. I couldn't do there's something for me about like going to work, being around other people. There's obviously there's the financial security of it where like I don't feel super out of control. 
You know, mm-hmm. that's something I really like about this job thing. Having a job, yeah, I agree. I think you have also one of the few jobs that would genuinely make somebody happy. I like it. I think there are very few because everybody fucking hates their job. I hate my job. Uh, I think it would be stuff like you do: writing funny tweets, <laughs> making jokes. Am I might let us say. Oh yeah, that's that's fine. Making jokes for brands, maybe a tour guide. Or something. I feel like that would be teacher if you're a teacher i feel like teacher is one of the other jobs like you could see on a day-to-day basis how you're affecting the world but then other than that man nothing is because nobody makes anything anymore i feel like so much i feel like so much of whether or not you enjoy a job isn't what you're doing it's who you're doing it with and who your boss is oh god yeah i really enjoyed working at the grocery store because I liked stacking things on shelves and making the shelves all perfect. Like, um, you know, I really, I really, like, there was a, a, a little while when I was a kid where I had, like, a job as a power washer. I really enjoyed power washing things because it was like, oh, I made this thing look all neat and perfect. But it's, I, like, I, I remember working at Mad TV and all the writers at Mad TV were... Like, it should have been their dream job. All they had to do was sit around all day, get away from their kids, and fucking make jokes like, what's going to come out of Bobby Lee's mouth today? And they were all fucking miserable because they had a terrible, terrible, terrible uh, executive in charge of the show. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, and I would walk around. These guys are making a quarter of a million dollars a year. They're getting paid to write fart jokes. And a lot of them were, fr- a lot of the writers of Man TV were friends from the Groundlings. So they all got paid to write fart jokes with their friends and hide from their kids and wives and husbands all day. But the guy in charge uh, had absolutely no sense of humor and would always pick the worst sketches. Like we had a saying at TV where like we would go in on Tuesday with like 50 great sketches and we would do a big table read for 50 sketches. And it was like there was always a good episode of Man TV on Tuesday. But then the guy that's in charge picked the worst shit ever. And then on Saturday night, it was always terrible. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, boy. How did we get on? The- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm soapboxing. No, I'm thinking about it now. And I think you're right. Because the best job... I'm trying to think of jobs that I've genuinely enjoyed. Yeah. And I have been lucky in that I have had very few terrible bosses. That's great. Like Even when I worked at Whack Donald's, there was some kind of... like. My boss at Whack Donald's was very, very nice. That's great. Good at her job. She would let me just like uh, there was a hot second when I was in high school that I worked at a Schmolch maybe and McDonald's. And I was like, hey, I need to get in good with these Schmolch maybe people because they're paying me a lot more than here. And she's like, oh, okay. Do you want to just work on Sundays? For a while, I was like, damn, yeah, sure. Then I would work at Schmolch maybe after school. And, you know, now that I think about it, bosses at Schmolch maybe were really, really good, too. And I think that was the only job that I've ever had that I was really, really happy about. Like, I would just go, fold sweaters, wander around, take price tags off things. It was great. It was great. Everyone I worked with was nice. They paid really well for a teenager. I made... uh. $13 an hour That's as great. a 16-year-old. Yeah, no, it was freaking awesome. And everyone was super nice. And then, like, and I don't even know where I'm going with this. But, yeah, no, that was my best job ever. And then I worked at fucking Schmuffalo Schmalchmings. And I was making a lot more money than I was at Maybe, But everybody there was fucking awful. Yeah. Everyone there is miserable and your managers fuck. It's like you can... 
That's the, like that's kind of where we started with this conversation, where it's like, well, money is not as directly linked to happiness. At, like I read a long time ago, like after you make after you make seventy five thousand dollars a year, it doesn't matter if you make seventy five thousand or seventy five million. Um, when linked to your happiness, because like if you make seventy five thousand dollars a year in America, you can afford to live in an, in a small home, pay your mortgage payments, you can afford health insurance, you can afford to eat out every once in a while, you can afford to put a, a little bit away for retirement. Like you feel secure, yeah. Um, but after that, there's no there were there wasn't a correlation. I don't know. I think you got to adjust that by location. Like, that's true. That's <laughs> New York I assume City, this that's was like not... the average American. Yeah, no. I mean, if you're living in bumfuck nowhere, Kansas, I believe that 100 yeah, told... because there's nothing to do bumfuck <laughs> except raise your kids. Yeah, that's true. Which right, is so that's, good. Where we, that's where we started with this conversation. All right, you want to do one more topic? Yeah. Okay. Oh, speaking of Christine Weston Chandler. Somebody wrote in and said this on the on the Reddit. Oh, there's a Reddit. There's a Reddit? That thing's still around? Yeah, there's reddit.com slash r slash stereos if you ever want to come by. So actually, do you know who Cole Smithy is? Yes, I do. Okay. I didn't know who Cole Smithy was. Somebody wrote, Cole Smithy is a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic and also tangentially related to the greatest Kino of all time, Christine Weston Chandler. Is Cole Smithy Christine Weston Chandler's, like, cousin? Cole Smithy is Christine Weston Chandler's half-brother. Okay. They're saying we got to get Cole Smithy on the show to review Avengers Endgame. Cole Smithy lives in New York City. That's here. It says Cole lives in New York, and he's even older than you. Thanks. He'd be a good get for the pod. He says, I figure that since you spend all day jerking off all over movies, um... I can't link his Kiwi Farm thread or Reddit would delete my post. Well, this guy, maybe we don't have him at the house. I think, how about this? New rule. If you have a Kiwi Farm thread, we meet you at a neutral third-party location, like a park. Bunkadelic Studios it is. All right, Bunkadelic Studios it is. Should we reach out to this person? Is this going to be funny? I don't know who this is. Um, Cole Smithy, let me tell you a little bit more about Cole Smithy. Maybe okay. you could make your decision there. Oh, God, no. Okay. Cole Smithy is a gentleman who is a professional film critic. I believe this is his only job that he has. Okay. He is infamous for being the first person to give Toy Story 3 a negative review. Excellent. On Rotten Tomatoes. Excellent. Cole Smithy is the half-brother of Christine Weston Chandler. I believe Cole Smith on Barb Chandler's side. Okay. Barb. Cole Smithy does not have a relationship with Christine nor Christine's their mother. Chris has this idea that Cole Smithy is drowning in money <laughs> because Cole Smithy lives in New York City, which by the way, sidebar is verifiably not true. Cole Smithy, I don't like Christine has soiled her relationship with Cole Smithy, I believe, because just going on these Twitter tirades about how Cole never gives them money and drawing a comic of... At one point, there was a comic of like... Because if there's one thing you need to know about the Chandler household is that Barb and Christine are both comically bad <laughs> at managing money. They have both been sued for debts by multiple debt collection agencies. Um... They both regularly make, they, Christine has a Patreon, but never does any of the rewards. At one point she had, she was getting, raking in like $3,000 a month, but then 
she just stopped sending out all of the rewards and promised things for fans, and it slowly dwindled down to something like $200 a month. Jesus. Now they both live off benefits, and all of that money goes to toys, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> toys and video games and poker ads and stuff like that. So Christine Can you is- describe my face real quick for the viewers, for the listeners? Upset. <laughs> Upsetty spaghetti. <laughs> That is my favorite kind of spaghetti. This is so sad. So I think that Christine and Barb have broken off their relationship with Cole Smithy by just constantly begging Cole Smithy for money and then calling like painting Cole Smithy as this miser, like Scrooge McDuck type of character when in actuality, like most people who live in New York are not rich by any stretch of the imagination. There's, I mean, that is like a weird, I mean, it's, you can't blame people for thinking that because in Manhattan, it's, you have, it's like, it's, it costs a fortune to live in Manhattan. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people who have never been to New York imagine that Manhattan is all of New York. Yeah. And well, the movies would, that's what the movies fucking tell you. The Empire State Building, Times Square, the movie Manhattan. Yeah. Like you can live in the Bronx for about how much you could in like Los Angeles or portland yeah that yeah that's, or or maybe a lot of parts of the bronx upper queens even cheaper um brooklyn is considered the largest city in the country now i know what you're thinking los angeles los angeles is a county actually los angeles county is the largest contiguous city state in the world yeah i know what you're thinking isn't new york city bigger than brooklyn well new york city is actually a county <laughs> Like um, made up of five boroughs, so like there, Brooklyn goes forever. Like we live in the cheap ass part of, and like not like, L, not like hipster on like fucking HBO hipster cheap. Like no, we live in the part cheap. of town where everyone like you go two blocks to the left and nobody speaks English, and then you go two blocks to the right and everyone's Italian. <laughs> Yeah, we live in, like, this is where the old New Yorkers go to die. I think the average age of where we live is, like, 71 years old. Yeah, this is awesome. This neighborhood's freaking rocks. Yeah, I love this neighborhood. <laughs> I'll stay here forever. Oh, before, oh, were you going to, were you going to say something? Yeah, my what mom, sorry. my mom and I, in just in that nobody has any freaking idea of how big New York City is, my mom and I were just talking about this the other day. My mom um, sent me a text and was like, hey, they're opening a Wegmans in my mom frickin' is got a hard on for Wegmans. Oh, me too. I saw a, a YouTube targeted ad. I got targeted. They're like Wegmans is coming to New York City, and I was like, "Fuck yeah! I want a Publix next." Awesome. Yeah. No, if you've never been in a Wegmans, it's like a less pretentious Whole Foods. Yeah, Wegmans. <laughs> it's good. I like Wegmans. I'm I got, a Wegman. They have the biggest, most. They have a hilariously large cheese section. But uh, my mom texted me. He's like, "They're adding a Wegmans to Brooklyn." Do you know where it is? I'm like, no. <laughs> she says, oh, I thought you were in Brooklyn. I'm like, I am, but I think you're vastly underestimating. Of it. Like, you know, Brooklyn stretches for about seven miles, right? It's on second in Atlantic. It is? No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I just really wanted to be. I just really wanted to be. Now I'm going to ironically, unironically get into Wegmans. I think that'll be my next thing. Wegmans pizza is freaking bomb. Have you ever had it? Sriracha? Yeah. Do you want to go to the grand opening of the Brooklyn Wegmans and do and do an episode of the Loudest Podcast live from the Brooklyn They're Wegmans? They're going cheese samples. Speaking of freaking openings, you want you want, you want to hear the shit I've been dealing with, Nathan Masry? Uh, first of all, first of all, Nathan Masry uh, 
No problem dropping my government name during that episode. He did do that. And now he's been referring to me as Sienna. <laughs> multiple email. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Karen has been referring to me as Sienna in multiple emails. Uh, so I emailed him. He promised us uh, tickets to the opening of Garf. The Garf uh, big opening party. Garfronto. Garfronto. So I am um, like, hey, uh, we don't live in Canada, so we have to plan a trip. Can you tell us the date of this? And he says, it's going to be between the 11th and the 17th. I'm like, awesome. Thank you. I assumed that would happen, if you don't mind me saying. I'm not saying that to, to put you on blast. Like, on the day of, he told us Garf, the Garfield East Restaurant in Toronto was opening up on May 12th, which is Mother's Day in America. And so Sriracha starts going like, oh, shit. I told my mom I'd hang out with her on Mother's Day. Am I really going to tell my mom that I'm ditching her to go to a Garfield-themed restaurant in Toronto? And I go, don't worry about it. Because it's just like they I, they don't have it together. Like, I, like I knew that there was no... I knew that that was going to get pushed back. And it's going to get pushed back again. And it's going to get pushed back again. You've seen the guy's website. You've seen his emails. I've heard it. It's blown my eardrums out a couple times. We've talked to him for 45 minutes. This is an exciting guy who you put in a room and he can probably get some money out of people. Do you think he can keep an opening day? Do you think he can cross off all the T's and check the I's and get the zoning permits, get the hires, get the get Wi-Fi to the building so that you can use your credit card processor? Figure out which credit card processor you're going to use. Like... Get the power and the water and the light run into the building. That's a lo- that's a lot of like producer work. I don't think that this is like a producer guy. I think he's a big picture guy. Yeah, I mean, I hope there's somebody working behind the scenes on this because otherwise, it's just straight up not going to happen. It'll ha- it- here's the other thing though. This guy's dad is rich. Is what we found out. He goes like, my dad is is a. Uh, my dad knows. My dad works in the field of restaurant franchising. It's like, got it. Your dad's super rich, and he's letting his kid open a restaurant. Eventually, this will happen because money eventually works. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. You throw enough money at something, an event will appear. Yeah, like, a lot look- of that money's going to go into the toilet and into the gutter and and over all the pigeons, and they're going to carry it away and turn it into a nest nest. I mean, yeah, you light a big enough pile of money on fire, homeless people are going to come try to get warm. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So eventually, I have a Google alert for two tickets to Toronto from New York. Originally, it was $500. It's climbed up to six fifty. Oh, fuck, Nathan. You're fucking me. We're going. I don't care what it takes or what it costs. We're going to Toronto to the opening of Garfield Eats. You know what I was planning on doing before the lawsuit happened? What? This was the next thing I was going to do. Fly to the United Kingdom and try the world's largest chicken nugget. Great plan. This was my plan. I was going to fly straight to the UK, live stream it, live blog it, hop it up, taxi, go straight to the chicken fingers place, eat the chicken finger, hop right back in a taxi, get right back on a plane and go home. I wanted to do this thing where it's like, I'm really only here for the chicken finger. I could give a shit about Piccadilly Square. Like, I'm not here to see the queen. I'm here to see the finger. And then I was... I was about to buy my ticket to the UK to do this when I got sued. About to. I am not letting another giant food dream go by. I'm 37 years old and life is short. I'm going to Toronto and I'm eating a Garfield-shaped pizza. I will want nothing more 
than to make it. But if this guy doesn't send me a ticket to Stereos, I don't know if I could swing this financially. I'll have to take out a personal loan. I'm paying for it out of the Patreon money. Fuck you. No, that you not. are supposed to be getting. Yeah. Um, I got fl- I got miles. I got free flyer miles. We're going to Toronto. Now that I think about it, you do have frequent flyer miles. I have a shitload of frequent flyer miles. And someone we know probably has a shitload of frequent flyer miles. That's a really good point. If you're one of these dudes or ladies that just gets flown around. The reason I have a shitload of frequent flyer miles is because I used to be a corporate douche that got flown around everywhere for meetings. Exactly. And you get to keep those miles. If you are listening to this and you are a corporate douche or a former corporate douche that hang out of their miles like I did. Sarah's Coconuts, former corporate douche. Get in touch with us. Maybe we can buy some off We can you. prorate this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or work out a trade or something. I also want to do a secret show in Toronto. I don't know where. I, I don't think it would be like at a venue. I think it would just be in the back of a bar or something. Yeah, get us a free venue. I'll do anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like when we go for Garf, I'm calling it GarfCon. I want to do a secret show. It'll just be a little get together. We'll just do a little podcast. It'll be more to hang out with people, but like I want to do a secret show in Toronto. So don't tell anybody. I would never. Okay, good. One more thing about Garfield's before we go. And by the way, I'm sorry we didn't get to dating profiles this week. I we'll mean, get I to the talk next about Garfield's forever. Yeah, I could also. One oh. more thing. How about five more things? Okay. We did not talk about. We did not talk about dating profiles. We did not talk about the Big Bang Theory. What pat erotic fan fiction? I did not talk about my ambient experience. We did do first impressions last week. This is getting crossed off. No, let's talk about the ambient thing. I want to hear about that. No, no, no. I'll talk about it next time. You know how Nathan Masri said that it would be absolutely impossible to make a Garfield-shaped lasagna? Yeah. Really? You think so? Do I think that it would actually be impossible? Yeah. Fuck be impossible? no. No, absolutely not. All oh, Sriracha, do- so you're saying it's impossible, huh? You're saying no one can ever do it? I'm saying it is very, very possible. So, oh, oh, ye of little faith, Sriracha the doubter. So, well, Sriracha, let me tell you this. Little Miss can't be garfed. Somebody sent me a Garfield-shaped pan. Can you come over here and take a look at it? I saw it. No, you showed it to me. I saw. I showed it to you last night at 3 in the morning. Yes. Because somebody sent it to me at 3 in the morning last night. I think that's a cake pan. It's Garfield-shaped. It's metal. It's a pan. Put the, put, the, put the lasagna in it and put it in the oven. Yeah. No, I think you could. I'm trying to think of how you could make Grease it. it. Grease it. Grease the pan. Grease the pan first. Get some Crisco. Garfield loves that. What's I mean, there? it wouldn't be a problem. You could do it. It's just getting the noodles in there in the right, correct shape. What is lasagna made of? A lasagna is made of tomato sauce, uh-huh. noodles, ricotta, cheese. Just Rico- oh, ricotta cheese. Layers and layers of that over and over. It's the easiest thing in the world to make, family. Just put the noodles down, put your meat on top of it. Tomato, cheese, another layer of noodles. You do that over and over again until the pan's full. What's the difference between a cake pan and a lasagna pan? (coughs) Cake pans are thinner. What about this? No joke. This cake pan clearly stacks. What if I got two of these Garf cake pans, one and the other? That way we don't have the issue with specific heat burnout. (coughs) Yeah, no, I mean, the problem would be with the pan is taking it out and then the pan might bend. Oh. Because everything is, because a cake is much lighter than a lasagna. <laughs> okay. So I think if you did put two in, you could even take two pans and then put both of them inside of like a Pyrex container. Yes, for spillover. Right. And then I could eat the spillover, kind of yeah. like when I eat the cookie spillover. Yeah, and you know, I'm thinking about how you would make, if you were, if you wanted to do the Nathan Masry thing of cutting it. Yes, I do. You could make a big lasagna 
and then take a Garfield cutter and cut Garfield's face out. But then there would be so much leftover, but then you could give that to the homeless or something. I'll eat all the scraps. They call me Scrappy-Doo because I do eat those scraps. We have a couple of different workable plans for these working pans. Yeah, we do. A, using the using the pan as a big cookie cutter. Make a traditional lasagna in a Pyrex. Shove the pan on top of it. I'll sit on the pan. It'll be like cake farts, but it'll be Garf farts. <laughs> then you got a Garfield-shaped cake. Two, single pan. Three, double pan. It may be like a Garfield-shaped upside-down lasagna, but I mean, the whole world is upside-down these days. Garfield doesn't look like it makes sense anymore. You a big fan of Mondays? Yeah, I'm not either, Sarancho. Nobody is. Nope. Why is go? Why is Odie on the table? You ever see a dog on a table? Just hanging out on the table? My my aunt does. That's fucking nasty. Your aunt lets her dog go on the table. My aunt has a teacup Chihuahua, which is the it's a four oh. it's a four pound dog, and it always it's so cold all the time it just shakes it's <laughs> it shakes because it's so upset at what's going on in the world and it hops from the ground to it can get on kitchen chairs mm. and it jumps from the chair to the table and it eats the food off the table it's fucking nasty so if garfield were to kick this dog off the table yay or nay well i think the dog might die <laughs> i'm taking that as a yay and i'm saying yay for our for us for doing the 15th episode of the loudest podcast, hey. goddammit. Hey! Sorry we didn't get to your dating profiles this week. Send us more dating profiles, though. Let's not look at this as a negative. You have time to send us your dating profiles. Just email them to me at stereos.coconuts at gmail.com or DM me screen caps. Don't just send pictures. We want pictures and the copy. I mean, the words. We want, we want everything. The words are the most important part. Okay. This Garf pan is called a Williams. Easy as one, two, three Garfields pan. I guess I'm going to buy a couple of these. <laughs> yeah, that's for... That's where your Patreon money's going. It's going... So much of your Patreon money is going towards Garfield now. What a great life we're leading. I could make it. If you get the pan, I'll try my best to make a Garfield lasagna. I'll buy all of the ingredients. Can we do it live as an episode of Neat Eats? Mm. No? That's okay. We won't. That's okay. But here's what we will do. We will thank Waterboy for doing our intro music. That's Waterboy spelled W-A-U-T-E-R-B-O-I. You can find his music at waterboy.bandcamp.com. Our outro tune is from Tom. Tom from the Roast Mortem podcast. It's not post-mortem, it's Roast Mortem. You can go to Roast Mortem Cast on Twitter to hear it. This episode was edited lovingly by Zwick. Zwick put in all these great musical stings last time. We were listening to it last time. We were playing Age of Empires. It was so great. Zwick does such good work. We love you, Zwick. We love you, listeners. If you want to watch us live every week at uh, Saturday at 1 p.m., you can go to patreon.com slash stereos. If you want early episodes, you go to patreon.com slash stereos. If you want to keep Tarantula in ports and us in Garth Pants, and if you want to see us in Toronto, get in touch with us. We love you. Have a good night. Bye! <laughs>